I don't like what's going on in this country. I don't like the oppression. I think the government's crooked. I, all politicians are crooked. America's rotten. But dear listener, are you free? Are you oppressed? Are you free from corruption? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in the Wilkes-Barre and the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski. I want to thank you for tuning in to God's Resistance. We resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. And you can hear us every Sunday uh, at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. or 94.7 FM. If you miss the radio program uh, during its broadcast time, you can always look on your favorite podcast platform uh, at 9 a.m. every Sunday, as well as YouTube for the missed radio programs, and all of them are archived on there. Plus, you may find other content on there as well. You can find us at godsresistance.com. That's our hub. And on Facebook, Gab, Gab TV, and YouTube at God's Resistance. And you spell that G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. And make sure to like, follow, and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. I do want to let you know that every Sunday, weather permitting, at least through the summer and early fall, uh, we plan to be having street meetings in the downtown square in Wilkes-Barre at 11 o'clock. So I want you to make it. Some of you have already been uh, coming there, and I've seen you again and again. But I want you to make it down, and then 6 o'clock at the uh, pavilion behind the baseball field at Kirby Park um, on Sunday nights, we will be there as well for a a more informal Bible study kind of environment where we can talk about spiritual things and questions and all those kind of things. We are here uh, because God wants us to be here. We want to help other people to know the same Jesus that we found, so we'd like to see you there. If you need to contact us, then you can contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com, or you can give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. Today is Independence Day, and with Independence Day, we celebrate independence from British tyranny. Now, you and I, we don't know about that much firsthand. But we read about it in the history books, and we've been told these things when we were young and uh, have done some reading, no doubt, ourselves. Now, what happened there was the people that had traveled overseas to America to colonize it from Britain, they were upset because they were being taxed. uh, They called it taxation without representation. The colonists here in America really had no say and Britain kind of reigned from afar across the ocean there. The colonists, amongst other things, were deprived of the right to trial by jury, and the people who lived here were not free to govern themselves. Now, I know there's been a lot of things going on in America right now where people are upset about some of those things, and so it's inherent in human beings that we want to be free. We don't want to be bound. We don't want to be chained. We want to be free. Do you know That's where America started. That's why we are who we are right now. But every person can have a personal Independence Day. So 4th of July, we're celebrating the independence of this United States from Great Britain and being able to govern ourselves as a free people. But what about a personal Independence Day? 
We all, by nature, are under the tyranny of sin. And tyranny implies that you're being controlled, oftentimes against your will or in an oppressive manner. And we are being controlled, sometimes against our will, sometimes we're so asleep in sin we don't realize it. But when we do wake up, we realize the power of sin over us is like chains. We're being a slave. We either submit to it or we seek to be free. And that's what independence is all about. And I just want to give you a little context of the book of Romans because that's where we're going to be looking this morning. Here are Christians that were trying to understand what this new life in Christ was. There were two parties. There was the Jewish party that had a little bit more understanding of Old Testament and the ways of God. And yet when Jesus came, he helped people to see clearly what God had always intended. Then there's the Gentile side, which really were a lawless people and didn't know much of anything at all. And here, both of these people are trying to figure out, both these people groups are trying to figure out how to live in a way that pleases God. And so that's where we come into the book of Romans and see a lot of arguments going back and forth as Paul's trying to help them. Uh, after the Jews and Gentiles in the book of Romans are put on a level playing field of both needing salvation from their sins, the Jews weren't better off than the Gentiles. They needed the salvation just as much as the Gentiles did, according to what Paul had told them. Then they're told, and you and I are told in this present day, how to be justified of our sins, because we're all in need of justification of sin. We're all in need of a change because our heart is sick, and we're under the tyranny of sin, the bondage of sin. We're told how to be justified of our sins, and we're also told how to live in this freedom from sin. And so we're talking today, this morning on this Independence Day, about a personal independence. And we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 17. Romans 6, 17 starts this way. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. And I guess we'll just go on to the 18th verse just the same because we're going to be looking at both of these. But then he says, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. So let's go back to Romans 6:17. It starts off with but God be thanked. I think sometimes the caricature that's been made of God is that he's some sort of egomaniac that he needs validation, you know, from his creatures, from the from the people that he's created. And so we need to thank him because he's an egomaniac. Couldn't be farther from the truth. It's appropriate that God is first addressed here as we're talking about that personal independence, because God is the originator of the pathway to freedom. We don't just have freedom full stop solely because, you know, God wanted us to be free from sin, the tyranny of sin. If that were the case, then everybody is already on their way to heaven. Doesn't matter who they are, even Hitler, people of, that have done atrocious things. If it's just that God just freed us and that's it, then there really is a betrayal of the sense of justice in any thinking person's mind. But God is the originator of the pathway to freedom. So there is no man that came up with the scheme of salvation from sin. No man is smart enough, or no man was ever smart enough to devise such a perfect deliverance. There's all sorts of systems of religion and philosophies and thoughts of life and what's most important and how we're supposed to live and what the purpose of life is. And 
There have been reams and reams written about it throughout all the ages, but nothing comes close to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There have been systems of code and ethics written throughout all time and numerous civilizations, and none of them touch the core of the human problem, which is sin. Oftentimes, it's how do we better our life right now, which in a measure is good. We should try and figure out ways to make society run smoothly because none of us like to live in chaos. None of us like to live in just turmoil. We want peace, safety. But with all the codes and ethics and systems that have been made up, it still doesn't deal with the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is sin. At best, we can promote the peace of society, but with sin still reigning in people's hearts, you can expect an outbreak of sin that it's going to continue to happen repeatedly over and over and over again. We can chain up somebody who's a murderer, but if somebody's a murderer at heart and we let them go, they're probably going to murder again. So is a thief and so is anyone else unless there's some radical change that happens inside of them. Otherwise, those chains just serve to keep everyone else safe, not necessarily the person who's chained. Where sin runs rampant, tyranny still reigns. Tyranny reigns inside of, us in, uh, inside of us as individuals, but tyranny also reigns in society around us. Wherever sin runs rampant and is unchecked, tyranny still reigns. What are we going to do about this tyranny? What are we going to do? That's what we want to know. Imperfect beings can only make imperfect plans. And it took God Almighty to remedy the tyranny of sin over all mankind. It takes God to do something so monumental because you see the problem in the curse is so big and so monumental. The issue of sin is not just something tucked in a corner and a few people have issues with it here or there. It's all of us. We're all sick at heart. We're all sick in the head. All every single one of us according to the scriptures. So that's why I said it's good that it starts off with but God be thanked because thanks to God should come out of any Christian's mouth repeatedly or any thinking person's mouth repeatedly. Sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, we feel like we can't express adequate thanksgiving. Maybe, maybe we have it in our heart that we'd like to give thanks and we can say thank you, and yet that still doesn't seem to do the job for us. But we shall at least try with all of our ransomed being. What I mean by that is Jesus bought us with his own blood and we're going to try to praise him. We're going to try to give thanks to him. Why? For those that have been saved, this is their testimony. For I was blind, but now I see. I was enslaved, but now I'm free. And those of you that are believers that have experienced this, you can't help but have a wellspring of thanksgiving coming out of your heart because you know who you were, you know where you came from, and you know where you are now. So we say, but God be thanked and thank God that he has made this pathway open. And here's the reason why, even according to this verse, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Notice here that it says were. This denotes something that is past, but not present. It's something that happened back there behind me. We're talking here in this scripture about that old life of sin, that ye were. Your life of sin, listener, can be something of the past. You don't have to sin every day in thought, word, and deed, as some people tell us. 
What a miserable existence and a miserable life. I've talked with so many people out in the street. Yeah, well, I'm not perfect or I can't, you know, get free from this. We're always going to sin. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is freedom from sin. That doesn't mean that it's impossible for us to sin, but it means that we can live a victorious life. The life of sinning and repenting is abnormal by gospel standards. So he said to these people, to the Romans, that ye were the servants of sin. How about it, listener? Don't you want this life of sin to be something you talk about in the past, but not a present experience? Think about the thought of it just for a moment. Being a servant of sin. A servant does everything that the master asks, even if they don't want to. And if they don't do it, then there's repercussions. And this word servant here is more properly translated slave. That's the idea. And when we say slavery, especially in our present culture, with all the disagreements of so many different things, it's a hot topic because slavery was atrocious. It's evil. It's wicked. It's as far as we think about it with blacks being under slavery or even immigrants from other countries, they were being made slaves uh, by other countries. It's happened throughout all mankind, throughout every type of civilization since the world began. People have enslaved other people. And slavery in that sense is disgusting. All of us should have a, a, a repulsion to it. But slavery implies bondage. And I think that's why we're repulsed, because we think nobody should be bound like that. But slavery implies bondage. And when you are awake, you're awakened to the state of slavery that you're in. It's unwilling service anymore. You're not just blindly going about things. There are many that are slaves to sin, and they really have no desire to get out of it because they don't even realize how bad of sin bondage they're in in their sins. But for those that have been awake to their sin and yet are still trapped, what do we do? He said, being a servant of, well, let's think about it like this. Being a servant of sin can be a thing of the past according to this scripture. Ye were the servants of sin. You can be emancipated from your sin as your master. Sin doesn't have to master over you anymore. And who is this sinful master? Ultimately, it's the devil, the most ruthless being on, uh, on the face of existence. And it's yourself, because you're the one that makes choices. So the devil and yourself, those are the ruthless tyrant masters over us. But he says this, ye were the servants of sin. Thank God you were the servants of sin, but, so here's the difference. Now, you have obeyed from the heart. Let me ask you this question then, dear listener. Is the story of sin fatalistic in your life? Is there a but inserted in your life? I was this, this, and this, but. In other words, things are different now. It used to be this way, but it's not this way anymore. He said, you, but you have obeyed from the heart. Before you were a slave to sin, Bound without your consent. Didn't matter if you wanted to or not. You seemed like you couldn't get any power over it. But the new relationship that you are entering is a choice of your own. Now you are willing to serve someone else. Christianity is a heart religion. There's no interest in being merely religious but, and, and not having any inner reality. That's not Christianity. From the heart speaks of a warm desire that encompasses our whole being. It's not just, you know, we, we try and live a list of rules. Something happened in here. When you do something from the heart, life 
breathes through what you're doing. When you just do something cold, dry, and dead, man, it's hard to stomach. So what are you obeying from the heart? The scripture verse tells us, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. What in the world is he talking about, you may be asking? The gospel. How can I know the gospel, you may ask? Well, the Bible says it's through the foolishness of preaching that God saves people. So preaching can help you to know the gospel, listening to preaching. But you also can and should read the Bible yourself. That is, that is the objective truth for all of us. So how do I obey from the heart this form of doctrine? Well, this form of doctrine is the Bible. So I should read this Bible. I should understand it. I should do what it says and not just be a hearer only. And he said, it's delivered unto you. And it's most often the case that the doctrine of God is made known to you by another human being. This is God's mean. God be thanked. You were the servants of sin, but now you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Is that where you are, dear listener? In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the world, and the devil. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. Picking up now in Romans 6, verse 18, we read, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. So being then made free from sin. That word being implies a present reality, which is what I've been saying. Christianity is not just some experience that happened in the past somewhere. Christianity is an ongoing reality, ongoing freedom, ongoing victory, not just some place back there where we got our ticket punched or we said a little prayer, but it's truth, it's reality now. Being then made, it says. So we have not freed ourselves, according to this verse. We were made free by another. The thing we had to do was to be willing and to meet the conditions. So we do have our part, but the freeing was done by Christ, the mighty one. He's the one that frees. He's the emancipator. He's the one that comes in and breaks the chains and sets our spirit free. Sets our soul free, our mind free, our heart free, our very life. It's Christ that does that. And he won't do it, though, unless we want him to. So that's our part, the want to. When we want to, we repent of our sins and place our, all of our hope and faith and trust in Jesus. He'll do the freeing. He said, being then made free from sin. There are so many in this present day that will do all sorts of mental gymnastics to tell you, that these simple words really don't mean what they say. And it's, it bothers me in so many ways because the Bible, as far as the ways of salvation is concerned, is so simple that a child can understand it. And yet we have people that have so many doctorates and degrees behind them that they explain it away in such a manner that now it's hard to even know how to get saved at all. 
or it's being saved is just some kind of mental ascent, and yet there really is no change in the heart. Flee from people that talk like that. Jesus wants to free you. I know the Bible says free from sin is kind of the thought, but that's not what it means. A lot of people say that you're free from sin in kind of this positional manner, but you're not really free from sin in experience. I don't know about you, but I don't want that. Who wants that? It's like telling somebody who's a, who has been addicted to alcohol or drugs that doesn't want to be there anymore. You give them this little like patch they can iron on their shirt that says, congratulations, you're not an addict anymore. You're free from your addiction. And you walk out and you find out, I'm not free from my addiction. I keep going back into it. You come back and say to them, hey, this didn't work, man. I'm not free from my addiction. And they said, no, do you see the badge on your shirt? It's right there. It says you're free from addiction. Don't worry about what you feel like or what the experience is like. The position is now that you're free. No thinking person would swallow that and say, what a wonderful deliverance. Everyone would say, this place is nuts. Maybe I can go somewhere else and they can help me. And that should be the way that we think about religion too. If you're going somewhere to a church or somewhere where they're telling you you can't be freed from sin and you got to still continue to sin and thought, word, and deed every day of your life and there's no better life through Christianity than that, you should leave that church. You should find somewhere where they teach the truth so you can experience the salvation of Christ and have that victory and true freedom over sin and living the way that Christ died to make possible for you. The good news is, Jesus wants to give you reality. He doesn't want to play around with you. He wants to free you indeed. And that's what it says. The truth shall set you free. When you're free from disease, you don't have the disease anymore. You don't go if you had cancer and they're trying to figure out if the cancer is still active in your body and they do scans and whatever. You You don't go there and they say, well, you're free from disease even though there's this metastatic tumor or, uh, uh, that's still spreading inside of all the major organs of your body, um, but you're free. Nobody says that. No doctor would say that. You'd find a new doctor. When you're free from jail, if you did something wrong and you served jail time and now they say your time's up and you're free, you're not in the prison anymore. You're not locked behind bars. You don't have to wear the orange suit. You're not told what you can do and when you can do it anymore. You're free. And people that have been in that situation have been free, they know there's a stark difference from being stuck behind those bars and then being able to go out and do whatever they please whenever they want to. That's freedom. Why do we think it any different when it comes to spiritual matters? I'm just trying to reason with you simply, dear listener. That's what Jesus purchased is freedom. His shed blood is for freedom, not for fancy thoughts and mental gymnastics, but victory and freedom and independence from that which enslaves us. Something is free. If something's free, then there's no strings attached. There's no sneaky explanation. I remember when I did telemarketing, one of my first jobs, I was 16, 16 and a half. And I tried to sell um, timeshares to people. Well, I personally didn't. I tried to get them to a place that sold timeshares. And the way that we did that was trying to offer people uh, round-trip airline tickets to certain hotspot vacation places where... Um, they could get those by going and listening to a sales pitch of a timeshare agent. And if they stayed through the whole thing, they would get uh, round-trip airline tickets. But they coached us not to say, you, you've got free airline tickets, because it wasn't free. We had to be careful to say, you were chosen to receive four round-trip airline tickets too. And then we would say all the different places. 
chosen to receive. Why was it said that way? Because there's strings attached. But when people, when people get something free, there's no strings attached. And I'm not saying that the gospel has no strings attached and that the gospel and the deliverance is free. And yet, in order to maintain freedom, we have to fight. I mean, we know that from anything, uh, reading about any of the atrocious wars that have ever happened inside of human history. The only way a people can stay free is they have to fight to protect the freedom. And so do you, dear listener. You can't just get the free salvation of Jesus Christ and then expect to coast on from here on out because you've got a war on your hands. There's those that are going to try and steal that away from you. There's demons in hell that'll try and steal, steal that away from you. Good news is if we keep ourselves in Christ, he will not allow anyone to snatch us out of his hand. The only thing that can happen is we can turn our backs. And if we don't want to, then nobody else can touch us. God doesn't here say that we're chosen to receive salvation, but that we are free from sin. In other words, the chains have been broken. The prison bars have been opened. The jail has come crashing to the ground. The sunlight of God now shines in your soul. Your soul is at liberty from the bondage of wickedness and sin. That's the kind of salvation Jesus purchased. Because of the true freedom of sin that you have experienced or can experience, this verse now tells us that we're now a willing slave to another. You'd think, wait a minute, a willing slave sounds like an oxymoron. What in the world are you talking about? You just told me that we're under bondage to sin. Sin's the tyranny, uh, a tyrannical master over top of us. We're under the bondage of sin. And now you're telling me I'm going to go get enslaved again to something else or someone else? What in the world are you talking about? I thought I was free. Let me tell you a story. There was a story told of President Abraham Lincoln. They were at an auction block where slaves were being sold. That is, black slaves at this time. And there's a crowd of people. There's a young uh, black lady up on the auction block. And they are doing bidding for this lady to take her as their slave. And it's, it was told that Abraham Lincoln, looking off into one direction, keeps hearing this man saying, you know, raising his hand, saying he'll take this lady for this price. And he's going back and forth between some people. And Abraham Lincoln happened to know who that man was, at least in his character. And he could not bear the thought of that man taking this other human being, that, that lady who was going to be a, a slave to this man if something didn't happen. He couldn't bear the thought of that lady being bought by this terror of a man and being treated like an animal. So Abraham Lincoln started to bid as the bidding was going on over this lady. So he bids the next man, you know, probably with his own pride, he takes his shoulders back and thinks, I want that. So he bids higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. It goes back and forth, back and forth. Finally, that other man drops out because he's saying that worthless slave isn't worth that much. And so Abraham Lincoln wins. The lady comes off the auction block and starts following Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln turns to her and says, you're free. Go. Go and live your life. Go do whatever you want. And she said, excuse me? And he said, you're free. I bought you and now I'm setting you free. And she said, sir, if that's the kind of man you are, I, I want to follow you wherever you go. I want to serve you. I want to be with you. And that's kind of the way with Christ. If that's the kind of way this Jesus is, that he sets us free from our sins and gives us victory over it, 
It's a willing slavery. It's like, I want to stay with you. I don't want to go anywhere else. So the way that you used to serve sin is now the same way that you wholeheartedly serve righteousness in God. It's pretty clear that I'm not uh, sinning anymore, if that's true. And when you declare your independence, you're no longer controlled. The Bible says to reckon yourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's wonderful to live in the freest nation that's on earth. And it's wonderful that we have the freedom of life uh, uh, and of liberty in the pursuit of happiness. And it's wonderful that we can govern ourselves as Americans, but there still is a greater independence than the 4th of July. Sign your own declaration of independence, dear listener, from sin and self, the world and the devil. Sign that declaration. Let me ask you the question. Have you received a personal independence? First, have you declared that independence? Have you set your your will against the chains of sin, self, the devil, and the world? Do not sell yourself short when Christ would give you life and that more abundantly. It's good to be free, and that's what Jesus has given to you. Please call 570-362-7782 or email gods.resistance at gmail.com. Introduce yourself. Set up a time to meet with me. I want to coach and help you further along on your journey. Make sure to like and follow us on our uh, social media platforms where there'll be more teaching and preaching on your journey and you can connect with others. Tell your friends about this broadcast and about our social media. And But above all, join the resistance, God's resistance. Special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.